Hour number two on this Wednesday afternoon. The uh, Wolves are in, i got to be honest, I think it's an overrated city, New Orleans. Uh, There are parts which are absolutely beautiful, but there are many parts of legendary New Orleans which are a dump. So I think it's overrated. Uh, Ball game, I'm guessing, Dave Harrigan. This is a uh, 6.30. Cal Sodaquist pregame and a 7.10 tap with the excellent Alan Horton. Am I right on that? You are 100% correct. 7 o'clock start uh, against the Pelicans in New Orleans. The Big Easy, we like to call it. The Big e- I refer to Ernie Els as the Big Easy. So I did see a note on the Twitter contraption. Jalen Noel, who is stunk most of this year. He's a guard. Passes. He has maybe three more assists this year than I do. Okay, he gets his head down. I'm going to try to score, and I think I could score against him. He's and I and I liked him coming in this year. I was wrong. <laughs> I was I was wrong. He stunk. Effective field goal percentage with open jump shots. Jalen Noel worst in the NBA at 37 percent change. Nowhere to How go. Is but it possible? How is it possible that a guard in the NBA with open jump shots is shooting under 38%? How is that possible? It's not what you're looking for. No, no, you're looking for open jump shots. I mean, you're looking for about 70%, especially when he doesn't guard anybody or pass the ball. This better be... uh, Better be in the area of expertise. Okay. I want to get to two topics completely unrelated to each other, but then maybe get more of your involvement on the second one. Remind you, Representative Ilhan Omar, bottom of the hour, Charlie Weaver, early next hour, and Jim Scheibel from Hamlin University on the, uh, the push to oust the president of Hamlin. So plenty coming up. Mike Pompeo. Very accomplished man, very intelligent man, uh, former congressman from Kansas, CIA director, secretary of state under Donald J. Trump. While he was secretary of state, Jamal Khashoggi, journalist for the Washington Post, who was covering an organization which treats so many of their citizens like dirt, but speaking of dirt, underneath the dirt in the country's oil, so you name the president, Bush, Obama, Clinton, Trump, Biden, you know what we do to that country? We're like Susie Jones to whichever management type you see here at CCO. It is just butt-kissing. Jamal Khashoggi, a damn good journalist, would point out the atrocities which were taking place in a fearless manner. And he was lured to the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in the fall of 2018 
and he was suffocated, and he was dismembered with a bone saw. And our own intelligence under Donald John Trump pointed out that Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, approved of it. Body was never found. So, Mike Pompeo has a book up on a lot of topics because he's running. Just, he's on the list. He is, he's running. He, uh, he's, he's a confident man. And again, he's accomplished a lot in his life. This is part of what Pompeo writes in his book. He makes no secret of his admiration, saying MBS is leading the greatest cultural reform in kingdom's history, a truly historic figure on a world stage. Uh, Dave, if you lead someone from zero to one, that is historic. So, yes, some changes have taken place in Saudi Arabia. They have... Miles and miles and miles to go to just decency. I mean, if you're in the group, you're treated amazingly well. If you're not, if you're women, if you're gay, if you speak out about the country, you're treated in a horrendous way. Pompeo in the book reveals it in private. He and Trump felt they rescued the crown prince. This is after the crown prince said, okay, cutting up a journalist, suffocating him, and then cutting him up so his remains could not be found. Pompeo recalls that the then president asked him to go to Saudi Arabia and that he was the first Western official to see MBS since Khashoggi's murder. Pompeo, in some ways, I think the president was envious that I was the one, just wait for this, that I was the one who gave the middle finger to the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the other bedwetters who don't have a grip on reality. He said, hey, Mike, go and have a good time. Tell him he owes us. More of Pompeo. He also smeared the tortured, murdered, and cut up Khashoggi, calling him an activist, not a journalist, and claiming he had supported the losing team in a recent fight for the throne. Bleep off, Mike Pompeo. What a disgusting thing to write. He's so proud of it that he wrote this. A journalist was cut up. By a dictator who runs a country that, by the way, Democrats and Republicans kiss their asses because we need their oil. Biden talked tough multiple times. He hasn't done a damn thing. Trump, the same thing. Obama, the same thing. But this guy, who absolutely could be the next president of the United States, he's an activist. He's not a journalist. He supported the losing team. 
because he wanted freedom. And he's going over there to try to rehabilitate MBS. And he's saying the president was envious. So that was the one who gave the middle finger to to the Post, the Times, and other bedwetters. He's a bully. This is clownish. A journalist from an American paper who's pointing out the truth. And this is what the Secretary of State, former CIA director and presidential candidate and a very intelligent man is saying. Don't even give a thought for voting for this buffoon. He's just a bully. Because guess what, Dave? If this wasn't somebody we needed or Trump needed at the time, he wouldn't do the same. Now, Biden talks all sorts of tough. I would hope if it was a journalist cut up. But guess what? When Biden had opportunities to continue this with what happened to Khashoggi, he pulled back also. I hope Tony Blinken wouldn't go this far. I, You should be... You can be a Trump voter. You can believe in Mike Pompeo. But my God, this is the type of person you would support. It's disgusting. When you hear that, what do you have to say, sir? Uh, there isn't much more to say. Like you, you said most of all of it. I, I, I wish, whether it's Trump, Biden, Pompeo, whoever, let's just stop talking about the Saudis. We know you want to talk tough, and we know that if you know you you can't actually do anything because we're too afraid, as you said, of you know what would happen with the oil supply, and there would be a lot of Americans who would you know who who love hearing the tough talk, but if something were to happen to the oil supply and prices went astronomical, would be furious with the president for talking tough. So at this point, you know, I mean, what what is there to do? Just condemn him. Yeah, call him out. Exactly. You can you can do all that, but but him. it's you know, you can you can walk up to a line. We know, but you're never going to cross that line. Yeah. Well, a texter nails it too. The scary part, he feels comfortable saying this to the whole world. Yeah, that's true. Because he thinks this adds to what a tough guy he is. Secretary of State, CIA director, and just dismissing how a person was tortured in this way. And because people across the country, across the globe, were outraged about it, and they're bedwetters. You're a fraud, Mike Pompeo. Absolute fraud. A coach returns. How it's all played out. We'll discuss that in a matter of minutes here on CCO. David Flom is back coaching the Eden Prairie boys basketball team. Took a long time for Eden Prairie to bring him back or to decide to not bring him back. I think some of it from reporting and knowing people within this program, they hoping the story would slow down. And there are also people who are involved and we're very upset that, yes, 
Flom using the N-word, and yes, 100%, that was the word he used, and talking to the kids about social media and its impact, I'll be clear, he never, ever should have said the N-word. Shouldn't have said it. If he wants to say, like I just said the N-word, he shouldn't have said the word. It was a foolish thing to do. But there are multiple people I've talked to where there are numerous people within that program who, again, were outraged and believed in Flom and were shocked and were angry that he used the word because he shouldn't have. But if you don't think playing time for certain kids wasn't a part of this, then you're being very naive. That's why right now, Dave, if you're a high school coach or a referee, good luck to you. But guess what? David Flom, as the boys' Eden Prairie basketball coach, allowed that to happen by making such a stupid, I'm just, let's just use a stupid decision to actually say the N-word. And the intent to remind kids about what you should do and what you shouldn't do, I got it. All of us have talked about that before with our own kids, or we've talked about here on the radio about how certain things can last as long as they did. And he put himself in that position. Lavelle had an excellent story column about this one of the quotes that stood out i'm happy that i've been reinstated i'm grateful i want to look forward at the same time i know the harm i've caused and thankfully i got to start the process when i got in front of the players and generally share how regretful i was for my mistake i love to be part of any discussions going forward from an education standpoint and for my own learning i've changed in terms of my grace and being judgmental, I'm excited to move forward and get to be about the kids and playing. We talked about this at the time, Dave. If there was a pattern of this in any way, he should be gone. If it was a one-off mistake, I felt that he should face a punishment But if the program believed in him, players believed in him, treated individuals the right way, then no, I don't think he should be be gone. And in the end, they dealt with people genuinely upset. They dealt with people who are upset in a dual way. Because they thought the word was wrong, but also they weren't happy with some things about playing time and who's been promoted and who's not been. So I think he does deserve another chance, and I think they made the right decision. What do you say? I'm saying I'm happy they didn't rush to judgment either way. I'm I'm happy they took the time they did. Uh, I It certainly doesn't seem, and I think the investigation would prove that he didn't mean malice uh, when he used the word. Because mm-hmm. um, if, he, if he did, 
then he's gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he should be. He absolutely should be. Of course he should be as an educator or as a human. Um, but, you know, lack of judgment, yeah, yeah, you probably don't say that word with high school kids or and adults for that matter, but certainly with kids. Right. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if if you do the background, you talk to people and say, you know, this is an isolated incident, you know, believe us, he's a good guy, and you talk to him and you find out why he did what he did, and, yeah, I don't think there's any, any reason to let him go at this point. I think lesson learned. I think, you know, the community outrage doesn't seem to be there anymore. Um, if there was a whole lot of community outrage to begin with, other than the complaints that were made. So I, I think, yes, put him back on the sidelines and we've all had a good learning moment and we can go, go forward from here. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar is with us in just a matter of minutes. Fifth district Congresswoman Ilhan Omar is kind enough to join the show. Congresswoman Omar, uh, as all our guests, is on the uh, John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Ilhan, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. A lot to get to. Let's start with Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy and what he has done and what he's trying to do involving you. He has telegraphed this for months as he was pursuing the Speaker position. He started yesterday when he made it official that he's denying Congressman Schiff and Swalwell seats on the House Intelligence Committee. Part of what he said is, I cannot put partisan loyalty ahead of national security. He has also talked for a while about preventing you from taking your spot on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, citing your comments about Israel, the reaction to it, and even Steve Scalise saying those are anti-American views. Right now, we've had multiple Republicans come out and say, this is not the way to go. Uh, Victoria Sparts and Nancy Mace and saying they will not go along with the vote. Do you believe you have enough votes to prevent Kevin McCarthy from denying you the spot on the Intelligence Committee as it stands as of now. Well, Chad, thank you so much for having me. And it's the Foreign Affairs Committee um, that, oh, that I yes. will be. My mistake. Uh, yeah, Foreign no, Affairs. No, no, That's no. no. Yep. No worries. Um, that I will be appointed to, which is a committee that I've now had the opportunity to serve on uh, for the last two terms. It's a committee that I am set to be a ranking uh, member for the Africa subcommittee, which is, uh, again, a subcommittee I've also served on in the last two terms as the only African-born member of Congress. Um, I don't know where the, the votes are uh, in the moment uh, and, you know, the, when he plans on taking this action. What I do know uh, is that this action and what he has done to um, Representative Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell uh, actually contradicts the statement that he's making. Um, you know, we we are members who have served on uh, these these committees. We've served diligently. We've served respectfully, um, and we've served in in many ways nonpartisanly, um, bipartisanly. These are committees. Oftentimes, uh, where um, members on both sides of the aisle work closely together 
um, on, on behalf of our nation when it comes to foreign policy or national security. Uh, and I, so I clearly uh, don't understand how he can say that's what he's interested in doing and then do this very partisan um, uh, work of removing the, the, the two members from the uh, Intel Committee and trying to block me from serving on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Have you talked directly with Kevin McCarthy about this? Would you be willing to talk to him? And do you think, if so, it would be productive in any manner? I am willing to to talk to him. Uh, of course, I'd like to. You know, it it feels personal um, because he's been making this promise. Uh, before I even got sworn in uh, to to Congress four years ago, uh, and so clearly there there are other reasons um, that they believe uh, as as an immigrant, as a refugee, as uh, a Muslim woman that I do not deserve or I'm not American enough to to serve on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, but given the opportunity to have a conversation with him. Uh, I I would take that. I I would love that opportunity. I have no doubt that sadly every single day you face Islamic hate. I see it on Twitter. I I see it with texts that come in here or tweets that pop up on my timeline if I mention you are coming on. So let's separate those and the filth from those. For the individuals who still look back, at the comments that we have discussed on this show multiple times about Israel, where people felt like they were anti-Semitic, and still have pause about those comments and have some reluctance about you serving on the committee. To those who are open-minded, what would you say to them? Well, one, uh, I have acknowledged um, my my mistakes. I have uh, apologized. Um, and I have clearly been um, out there doing everything that I can uh, to fight against anti-Semitism uh, and it is rise. Uh, I do that for all forms of, of bigotry um, and work in a very compassionate, collaborative way with the communities that, that I serve that face hate every single day and their, whose lives are, are in danger of that. My policy disagreements um, on the Foreign Affairs Committee and in Congress when it comes to Israel uh, is not grounds for denying me the ability to represent the voice that I represent, that obviously my constituents have elected and re-elected now three times, um, and you know the, the important and unique voice that I bring. I don't serve on a Middle East subcommittee. I serve on the Africa subcommittee because I have a unique experience and interest um, in in regards to the policy uh, for the continent. And I don't know if there are that if there are that many people um, outside of you know McCarthy and the base that he's playing into that are that are xenophobic um, and and anti-immigrant, anti-African. Uh, that believe the only African-born member of Congress, um, the one that has only, that's ever served in the history of Congress, should not be a voice on a subcommittee on Africa. 
Let's switch to the debt ceiling in this immense crisis, which is looming. We've already passed it, but the Treasury Secretary uh, can make adjustments until we get to June. The debt continues to rise. Let's also point out that the debt ceiling increase has been okayed almost 50 times by Republicans, that uh, President Trump, when he was in charge for his four years, signed off on a debt ceiling increase three separate times. But ask this. The White House is saying we're not going to negotiate at all, that it's, it's paying our past bills, and that's what it is. But we have the debt and the deficit that continue to increase. When Joe Biden was vice president, he negotiated with Mitch McConnell. Barack Obama okayed that. Shouldn't we be able to do both, that we sign off on increasing the debt ceiling, don't put our economy in in any more of a crisis situation, but also negotiate because we do have Republicans and Democrats who are in charge and we can try to get big things done in, in some way to slow down the increase of the debt? I mean, we certainly should work uh, to to balance uh, the the budget. Uh, what I don't think we should be doing is holding um, the the debt ceiling, the, the increasing the debt ceiling um, hostage uh, to to negotiations. If you remember when I got sworn in, it was the longest shutdown in U.S. history for about like thirty five yep. days, uh, and it 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 was negotiated um, to, to, to end the shutdown with, without any concessions. Uh, and I, I think that's what the Republicans, again, are looking to do, hold our country hostage uh, and, and then eventually say, yes, the president has been very clear in saying we are willing to negotiate, make concessions, do everything that is necessary those conversations need to happen outside of the work that we need to do in paying, paying our bills and increasing the debt ceiling. Uh, and so I, I, I think we can do both. I don't think the debt ceiling conversation should be um, held hostage uh, into the negotiations of balancing our, our budget. So just to, just to pin that down, if Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and the Republicans in the House say, we're not negotiate. We, we will not sign off on the debt ceiling increase unless we get some negotiations. Are you willing to say no to that? And if McCarthy then signs off on what could lead to a government shutdown, you will say, I am not going to negotiate at all. And so if, it, if, if, if this shutdown happens, it's on McCarthy, but I'm not going to, I don't want the Biden administration to be involved in any talks on this particular point. I think it is unfair to the American people to say that we are going to shut down the, the government uh, unless, um, you know, politicians are willing to, to, to negotiate. I think negotiations can happen without the threats of shutting down our government. I hope that they are sensible enough uh, to come up with policies around balancing the budget that the White House can negotiate and Democrats in the minority um, in, in the House and in the majority in the Senate can as well without 
threatening to shut down the government. Two last points, and we'll let uh, Congresswoman Omar uh, go. We appreciate her coming on. She's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, you approved of a special prosecutor looking at classified documents involving President Biden. There are Democrats who look at this and say Joe Biden has lost the high road. Joe Biden is going to put himself in a position to be criticized when before this was all on President Trump. And some want to say congratulations to Joe Biden on one term, and they want someone outside of Joe Biden, a Democrat, to be the next president of the United States. Are you at that point, or do you want to tell us right now that you're 100% supporting Joe Biden to continue into his second term? I, I have been uh, very clear uh, in the fact that uh, the, the president in the last two years have, has worked diligently with us here in the House uh, and in the Senate to deliver for the American people. Uh, and I believe if he chooses to continue to do this work and serving and he believes he is still up to it, uh, that he will have my support as the Democratic nominee for president. I want to get your final thoughts on what has taken place over the last week at Hamlin with an adjunct professor putting in a syllabus in our class and then telling the students that a historic uh, portrait of the Prophet Muhammad would be shown. Uh, even with the warning, there was a prominent member of the class who was very upset about it felt like it was something that uh, an individual of the Muslim faith, because of their belief, should not be shown. And this was uh, insulting. It was an outrage. And the adjunct professor was not brought back. And it caused a lot of conversation. Uh, There's been backpedaling by the university saying we may have handled this poorly. We'd like to apologize, the adjunct professor. She is still suing the school. We now had a vote from the faculty in the last 24 hours where they have voted 72 to 21 to remove the Hamlin professor as one who is very visible uh, and has spoken about our Muslim faith in this conversation is well aware of the story. What is your view on how this has played out so far and what should happen going forward? Uh, I think that um, the conversations that have been had, um, even though I've, I've not been uh, previewed to them um, as, as much as you might have, um, are, I think are healthy and, and helpful. Uh, I don't believe that the professor should have lost uh, her job. I think the, the situation does not uh, feel Islamophobic to me. Um, you know, I, I don't think someone doing something that uh, feels against my, my faith or the ways in which I feel is appropriate in practicing it um, does not offend me. <laughs> and it shouldn't really offend uh, people. We, we live in a society where it is important for us to coexist. Uh, this is obviously historic art, um, and art and culture exist for a reason. Uh, and I think if the student um, felt that she did not want to experience it herself, um, I thought I think it would have been appropriate for her or him to excuse themselves. 
um, instead of, I think, making uh, all of us have to answer for um, this really unfortunate uh, situation and um, and leading to a professor losing um, her her job. Do you have an opinion on whether the president of the university should be let go because of the way she handled this situation? I do not. Congresswoman, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate the time. We'll reach out again. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar on the show. A lot of people reacting. We appreciate that at 651-461-9226. Okay, a couple points. Somebody's mad at me that I'm asking Democrats about Biden, whether he should run. I've asked Democrats and Republicans whether Biden and Trump should run. And when Dean Phillips answered, no, Joe Biden shouldn't run, it became national news, and that was way before this investigation. Someone's mad that we have politicians on and say they all lie. No, I don't believe them. You may not agree with them. There are some who are more obvious about it, but no, I don't. And on... Ilhan's comments about Israel, not once but twice. I had lengthy, lengthy conversations back and forth on the specific comments. I think by now everyone knows them. And then we can have the debate about whether she should lose the position because of them. And by the way, if you criticize Israel, you're not automatically anti-Semitic, although I thought the comments were well beyond, and I thought those specific comments were anti-Semitic. And I said that to the congressman not once but twice.